0: Hello and welcome back to Wellbeing Wonders. This week's episode is on wellbeing's role in education. So, should there be more emphasis on wellbeing in education? Is there a correlation between wellbeing and academic success? Will students' wellbeing be more considered after COVID and the strain that lockdown has put on students' wellbeing? And do educators incorporate wellbeing pedagogies in their teaching philosophies? Or should they? These are the areas we're going to dive into in this weekly Wellbeing Wonder. we are diving into the influence well-being has in the education system. You know a key role of education is to set students up for a secure, happy life and enable them to reach their own full potential. I believe schools have a very vital role in the promotion of student well-being in order to allow them to have that secure happy life that is said to be the key role. So the question is, do schools really promote well-being? And is the curriculum allowing it to promote it? Well we'll see. So many researchers in this area, such as Danby and Hamilton, recognise that there are interconnected relationships between educational achievement, mental health, and life opportunities. So surely it is of the school's benefit to promote well being, no? And You know, when a student's well-being is compromised, for instance, if they're struggling with anxiety or depression or anger, you know, the student is unable to engage with classes, with the class material, with their peers, with their teachers, and so on. And we often see this leading to behavioral issues or a complete disconnect. So they'll either recluse or they'll act out. And it's the student's way of trying to cope with their emotions but they are struggling to do so. So perhaps education today needs to focus more on well-being and teaching this next generation on how to cope with life's turmoils, to deal with their emotions in a safe and healthy manner and it not be book-based all the time. You know students mental health is a prominent issue in education today. Carol O'Brien who writes for the Irish Times it's fantastic if you're an educator um, or interested in the area of education. And if you aren't familiar with his work, he writes very interesting articles on what's happening in education in Ireland. And he wrote recently that anxiety has surpassed neglect as one of the main issues students are struggling with. Anxiety is now a bigger issue in Irish schools than neglect. Let, let, let that sink in for a minute. And yet, you know, is there enough being done to incorporate well-being and mental health supports and education in Ireland? Mm, there, there are, they're getting there, but how did we let it get so bad before we started putting in preventative measures? And why isn't well-being being more of a topic? You know, I, I, I think well-being should have been in the curriculum well before the 2015 reform of the junior cycle i know it was in, it's in the primary school curriculum i mean it it depends on the school and it depends on the teacher it depends on philosophies um if it's overly incorporated but why it was it was waited until 2015 for it to be brought in in any capacity in secondary schools i'll never know so like when we consider well being in education, you know, you have to recognise that it has evolved from the importance of care in education. You know, the ethics of care Uh, begins is theorizing with basic human relationships and this view of well-being is seen particularly in nurturing pedagogy so the nurturing pedagogy fosters the process of interaction dialogue and planning leading to the shared construction of knowledge and this has been argued to be one of the best pedagogies to incorporate well-being so the question I have for educators is is this in your teaching philosophy if if you are honest um even myself like do do i want my students to be nurtured of course i want them to be nurtured in their education um but there's also the do you want them to do exceptionally well in their exams are you striving for them to get their h1 and are we all then subconsciously drawn towards the exam at the end of the road and stuck in the age-long rut of teaching to the test I hope not. I hope we can get out of that rut. But can it be hard? Yes. And is it hard to get out of the teaching to the test rut when the curriculum hasn't changed to the reflect the needs of students? Definitely. It is only it's only this year that the full implementation of the junior cycle reform has been put in. So that's 5 years after the initial onset of that. So I I know there's a well-being short course on that and that But there's still nothing in the way of a program that promotes and fosters well-being for the Leaving Certs. So halfway there. And if we move away from teaching to the test, you know, it, it can really open up a passageway for students to direct their own learning. And it has been said that enabling students to become active agents of their own learning and decision-making is another key role of the educator in terms of fostering well-being. Because this, this decision-making from students allows for them to build on their psychological well-being. So thus, the role of an educator is vital for the promotion of well-being in schools. It is important that teachers are aware of the positive effects that interactions with their students can have. On the students' psychological well-being, and it also, is important that educators you know, they develop their emotional resilience so that they can pass that on to their students and show their students what tools and emotional tools that they need in order to express their feelings and cope with the day-to-day challenges that they face. I think responsiveness is really at the core of caring. You know, educators allowing for students to make their own learning decisions and responding positively towards them enables students to have a kind of a positive mental well-being. And it also means that they're being heard. There's an adult figure that is saying, okay, we, we can do that. It mightn't always be exactly what the student wants to do, but we can incorporate what they are interested in and turn that into a lesson or turn use elements of it to engage their learning. And I think that flexibility of teaching will really, really improve students' engagement and students' well-being in years to come. So I hope that's something that will come into the curriculum and refl- be reflective in, in pedagogies um, in the next few years. I'm really hoping to see that. But one thing that I read Uh, recently that resonated with me in terms of this was that educators are responsible for connecting with students in order to make their own and their students lives ethically better I think this is true because not only ethically better but it's it's so important to have that relationship that student teacher relationship and to have that in a positive way in order to really foster a student's well-being you know we all have that as an educator we have that one student and we also can think back to when we were students and we have that one teacher that for better or for worse have impacted us that have resonated with us that we helped through a certain situation or negative or positive, we had a relationship with a student or with a teacher that has stuck with us for years. So we need to really be aware of that and how we interact with our students when well-being is such a vital thing that we need to foster, especially right now. So Having said all this, there has been increased interest in adolescent well-being in particular in education in Ireland. You know, this is evident from the publication of the Junior Cycle Well-Being Guidelines. Um, These guidelines outline the importance of the holistic development of the students, um, as well as how well-being in secondary school is determined by various factors such as the school environment, relationships within the environment, relationships with oneself and the teaching and learning of well-being. So these guidelines also emphasize how the reformed junior certificate places onus on a rounded educational experience which kind of goes back to what I was saying about teaching to the test. So what's lovely about the inclusion of well-being in the curriculum is that it's also reflective in the form of assessment that's done. So they're moving away from teaching to the the test and really showing that it's it's not about that anymore it's that an educational experience is so much more than a three-hour exam and I really really like that so rather than examinations and academic success being the main focus of teaching teaching to the test and it's it's all about now really understanding the students the students lives and It includes their athletic achievements, their student council achievements, their choir, their drama, their musicals, their talents, their hobbies, their interests, the things that they go home and do their homework and then what do they do after? What do they put all their time, their energy, their passions into? And I think the fact that that's being recognised on top of their academics is is brilliant to see and I think that would actually solve a bigger issue down the line of when you go to sixth year and they ask you what do you want what do you want to be when you grow up what do you want to put in your CAO what do you enjoy and from experience you get students that that look at you and go well I don't really know because you know it's this big exam so I'm, I'm studying all the time what do you do after after homework I study so if all they're doing is going to school, studying, doing homework, studying, going to school over and over and over again. How can students even develop on things that they love, things that they're passionate about, things that they're good at, their talents, their skills, what makes them an individual? I feel like that's something that schools need to foster more because it, it will make students realize that they are so much more than just a number than an exam number than a seat you know they are an individual and they will get praise and they will get acknowledgement for their skills and their talents and with that then they'll figure out who they are what they love what they want to do and they might not always want their talent or their skills to be their career but it might spark an interest in something that they do want to do forever but that's that's just my opinion on it so Really, I just think that well-being is the essence of a student's positive academic experience. And I think in order for a student to achieve um, academic success, they need to have a successful relationship with their teachers, a successful relationship with their peers, positive mental well-being, a positive place where they feel nurtured and fostered and cared for as a person and they feel heard and listened to that's where a student's going to grow and a student can't grow in a school that doesn't foster and promote well-being and not only foster and like promote it but is really a part of their ethos and their mission and their culture um you know, students are facing so many challenges to their mental health and well-being, both in the school environment and, and their own daily lives. If we think about right now, a lot of them are sat home at a computer. They're not seeing anyone and they have no social interaction. The only thing that's consistent is schoolwork. And I feel like when they go back to school, I'd love to see a change in culture for them that it does incorporate care and nurture but we'll see like I said it's the first year of the short course of well-being in the junior cycle and if we give it a year or two you'll see how it's been implemented Um, but I really hope that it goes well and I really really hope that it goes so well that the Leaving Cert course will will uh, modify to their change but that's all for this uh, weekly well-being wonder, and come back next week for another mind-boggling well-being session. Um, and thank you very much.